Well, I'll say, bless the Lord, if you'll say, oh, my soul, bless the Lord. Bless his holy name. Well, it's a good night. Burr, is it still cold outside? It's bad. It, well, it's not bad. It's awful. I was telling somebody, I, was, I sprinted to the church tonight. Like, I'll walk in the rain because that's how tough I am. But when my eyes are watering, it's just, it's not a good thing. Well, hopefully we'll uh, continue uh, to warm up uh, in here and also our affections uh, towards the Lord. Um, I'm Chris. I'm the pastor here at Kairos. Uh, if you're new with us, welcome. Um, it's Eucharist night. We tried to hand out a sheet on the way in. This kind of explains the what, the why, the how, and the where. Uh, I told you we were going to print this out because there's just too many instructions sometimes. So um, if you don't like reading things and you just want to figure it out, follow the person in front of you and pray that they're smarter than you. Um, <laughs> If not, God's grace will cover it all. <laughs> um, it's God's family uh, to come to God's table. Um, and I love it. It's an incredible time where we can remember in a tactile way that Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. And we're going to fire up our old factory senses. We're going to taste, we're going to touch, we're going to see, and we're going to hear the body and blood, through the wine and through the bread, about God's resurrection power. Resurrection, resurrection power that's going to remind our memories to remember that because of him we can have life abundantly. That because of his death, he's exchanged our sin for salvation. And that he's also declared us, who are orphans, completely, holistically adopted into his family. And it's going to remind us that nothing, not even death, can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so for me, Eucharist, the Lord's Supper, communion, it's a beautiful and sacred gift. It's the gospel in a meal, which is pretty cool, right? Now, I know it's not a full meal, like we didn't break out the whole Passover deal here. We don't have roasted lamb, um, but we're getting there. Uh, I'll put a request in for the budget committee to see if that's approved. But until then, this is nights where we want to come around the table together. And then also afterwards, we're going to have desserts out in the foyer just so you can hang out and practice some holy loitering uh, with your faith family. That's a thing, I promise. Um, just so that we can experience that fellowship of what it looks like to come to the table together. Um, now, I know when we come to the table together, um, we run the risk, especially I do, of making it so mysterious and so sacred and so holy that it feels like hocus pocus, which, by the way, you know the etymology of that word, one of the origins comes from uh, the priests doing uh, mass in Latin, and the commoner's not understanding what they're saying, and he's saying hoc am corpus, which is the body given for you, and people who don't speak Latin just heard hocus pocus. And so they're like, he did something like this, and apparently, boom, it's turned into Jesus' blood and body. And so I don't have a rabbit in my back pocket or anything like that. It's not hocus pocus. Um, it is us using some of the most common elements that would have been found in Jesus' day to remind us that he's real and that resurrection power is available to you. 
Now, we also run the risk as we start to do this with some sense of consistency or rhythm that it becomes too ritualistic or too rigid. We're always talking about the same thing over and over again. Or we're always saying the same words over and over again. And the risk we run is that it can be devoid of any true spirit and worship. But I think the reason uh, that we come to it again and again and try to describe it in fresh ways is so that my passion and your passion can be renewed for participation in the sacraments. Um, And so we did this last time we had Eucharist together. Uh, We said, don't ever forget as a way to reinterpret the words of Jesus, do this in remembrance of me. It just catches our attention again. And we remember that this is the mystery of our faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. I think four or five months ago, we had Eucharist together and we learned about the fact that Jesus is initiating a new covenant during the Passover meal and he's kind of using wedding language. And so when we came forward and we took it, we said, I do, as a way to renew our vows with Jesus. And that's incredibly biblical because we find out that as the body of Christ, we are the bride of Christ and that his blood has purchased our marriage rights and our redemption and our resurrection. Um, There was a time when I was, my first year as a college minister, one of my students who graduated, Wynn is here tonight. So I don't know if this was your first year or not. If it was, I can't believe you came back. But um, we decided to do Eucharist for 700 college students on a church right next to the campus. And I decided it needed a fresh hearing, so I called it free refills. Um, And I wanted to put it on the church marquee, but luckily our church did not have a marquee. Um, because no one has ever come closer to Jesus because of a church's marquee, okay? If you happen to be that one person who got saved because you realize God answers an email, I will repent, but until then, I will continue to make fun of them. But we, we entitled the service free refills. It gets worse. Um, and we lined up 700 uh, red solo cups on the altar and we filled it to the brim with Baptist wine, which is Welch's grape juice, okay? It wasn't that radical. And we challenged the students to courageously come before the table of the Lord and name their sin and repent of it and to confess it. And when you get that honest and that courageous, a little Dixie cup is not gonna do. You're gonna need to take gulpfuls of God's redemptive love and power and purpose through the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Now, I would never do something like that here. I wouldn't want to offend your religious sensibilities. I'm way past sophomore stunts like that. Rather, tonight I want to talk to you about Jesus' favorite mixed drink. It's a thing, I promise. When Jesus takes the cup and he offers us the Eucharist meal, exactly what he's trying to do is offend our religious sensibilities. Because I think he's tired of us trying to barter our good behavior for God's favor. And he wants to show us his goodness and his grace. And that some of us need to 
check at the door are small-minded, pre-packaged religious notions of what we think of the right hoops and the wrong hoops are to jump through and to come with mercy dripping off of Jesus tonight and simply repent and believe that the kingdom of God is near and that we are who he says we are. And when he takes that cup and he reenacts the Passover meal and transitions it into a new covenant meal, the cup that he holds forward, what's mixed inside of it is the problem and the promise. The problem and the promise are mixed inside of the cup. What's the problem and the promise? Just let me read Jeremiah 31 over you quickly because it's telling what the problem is and it's foreshadowing the promise. The time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel. Promise. And with the house of Judah, it will not be like the covenant I made with their forefathers when I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant. Problem. Though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will a man teach his neighbor or a man his brother saying, know the Lord, because they all will know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. I'll say the word of the Lord if you'll say thanks be to God. The word of the Lord. The problem is that the wages of sin is death. The promise is that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The problem is that there must be the shedding of blood for the remission of sins. The promise is that God's blood and body have been broken in the person of Jesus so that those sins can be forgiven. The problem is that my sin is ever before me. The promise is that God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to become sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. The problem is, oh wretched person that I am, who will deliver me from this body of sin? And the promise is, now we know that if this earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, not built by human hands. Those hands are Jesus' hands, and he's fashioning not only a place for us right now, but resurrected bodies that we can live and reign with him forever and ever. And when he holds in his hands to his original disciples a cup that holds both the problem and the promise, he now extends it to us tonight. And the proof that that problem has been conquered by the promise is the scars in his outstretched hands. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. So tonight I invite you to the Lord's table to feast on his body and his blood. I'll walk us through a couple statements and prayers to prepare our hearts. And then when you're ready, we have four stations down here. If you'll come forward, someone will put a wafer in your hand and say, the bread of life, if you'll hang on to that and then dip it in the cup, someone will say the cup of salvation for you. 
Bless the Lord who forgives all of our sins. That's your cue. Let's try that again because I'm a little bit nervous now. Jesus, forgive them. And my fragile ego. Bless the Lord who forgives all of our sins. That was my ministerial voice in case you were wondering. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of your hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us take a moment to confess our sins against God and against our neighbor. Let us pray together. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbor as ourselves. We are truly sorry and humbly we repent. For the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us that, we may us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. On the night Jesus was handed over to suffering and death, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he took it and he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After the supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for the many forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. The gifts of God for the people of God, take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. You are invited to the table. <laughs> 